0: Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this is episode number 81, why I don't charge gear rental fees. This is the Filming with Josh podcast, brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Filming with Josh podcast. If you're new to the podcast, I want to thank you for listening in today. The Filming with Josh podcast is your home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Here on Filming with Josh, we talk about all things video, from why I don't charge gear rental fees, to how to price your work, new equipment that's coming out, editing tips and tricks, storyboarding, you name it we talk about it on this podcast. We also have a Facebook group called Filming with Josh. So be sure to go to Facebook and type in Filming with Josh today and ask to join the Filming with Josh group. The Filming with Josh group on Facebook is a private group where you can come and continue the podcast conversation as well as ask questions, share videos, ask for feedback, and join in conversations that have to do with video production. So I look forward to seeing you there. Today's episode is about why I don't charge gear rental fees. And when I say gear rental fees, I don't mean if I'm renting gear for a project. I do charge for that, and we'll get into that in more detail later. But right off the bat, I'll explain when I say I don't charge gear rental fees, I mean that I don't charge clients a rental fee for the equipment we use on a project. That is a very popular way to price a project, and it's not something that I do. And I want to kind of dive into why I don't do it, why you might or might not want to do it, and uh, talk a little bit about how I price my work. I have other podcasts that break down how to price your work. This is not necessarily about how to price your work, but we will talk a little bit about, um, in theory, how I price my work and why gear rental fees don't really factor into that. So again, I have a whole podcast dedicated toward how to price your work. I probably should redo that podcast because it's several years old, but the same principles still apply. So I'm going to kind of recap though briefly about how, to, how I price my work and then we'll go into the gear rental fees. When I price my work, I do it one of two ways, either by the project or I charge a day or hourly rate. If I'm charging by the project, basically it looks something like this. If I have a client that has a project that they want to shoot, and I think it's going to take, say, three days to shoot it, a great example might be a university marketing video. I've done a bunch of those where we're marketing maybe a college of business for a university. Um, Like I did one for UL Lafayette last year, did one for SFA this year. So I'll use that kind of as an example. But those were typically three-day shoots. So let's say I have a project, and I think it's going to take me three days to shoot it. I typically will start pricing my project by factoring in how many days I'm going to be involved in the project. So if I know it's going to be three days of shooting, there's three days that I go ahead and write down. And typically for me, I can gauge and edit based on the number of days of shooting. This isn't always the case. But most of the time, a good rule of thumb for me is if I'm going to be shooting something for a day, it's probably going to take a day to edit. If I'm going to be shooting something for half a day, it's probably going to take me half a day to edit. So in this example, if I'm shooting for three days, a good estimate is it's probably going to be a three-day edit. So, so far, I've got six days of my time involved in the project. On top of that, there is location scouting, script writing, uh, project planning, and things of that nature that also get factored into my time. So let's say I think a project is going to take uh, half a day of of location scouting and a half a day of script writing in three days of shooting and three days of editing. So that's seven days of my time that I need to calculate into my price. And I, I base my, my time off of 10-hour days and if it goes over 10 hours, then I charge an hourly rate for um, that extra time. But let's just say for simplicity's sake, in this example, I've, I've, I've got seven days of my time, so I'm gonna calculate my day rate times seven, and that's gonna be the first part of my pricing structure. The next is going to be the expenses. Let's say for the shooting of the project, I want to hire a production assistant, someone who can come in and kind of be a jack of all trades for me, help carry equipment, help set up lights, uh, go grab stingers out of the truck, um, stand and hold a color chart in front of a camera, maybe start and stop a camera for me, a B-cam or something. Uh, Production assistant is a very valuable tool for me on a set. You don't have to be highly trained in video to be a production assistant um if you are it helps but let's just say for a project i want to bring in for this project i want to bring a production assistant just to help me with all those things i mentioned and let's just say that person's going to charge like 400 dollars a day and let's just say i also want to bring in a sound operator someone who's going to run a boom mic for me um, run sound into one of my audio recorders, maybe get some Foley, run everything off a time code, et cetera. And let's say that person's gonna charge me 600 a day. So for expenses for shooting, I'd probably factor in, well, there's $1,000 a day in expenses that we'll factor in. And then of course you have other expenses, uh, travel, um, lodging, meals, and then maybe music rights and, Storage space, I charge all my clients a fee for storage space. I guesstimate going in how many terabytes of footage or of storage, total storage space I think the project's going to eat. And I charge a specific rate for that. So if I think it's going to take half a terabyte, I'll charge for. Duplicate storage space. I call it duplicate storage space because it's always going to two places. If I think it's going to take me five terabytes, I'll charge for five, but I always overshoot a little and factor that cost in as well. And then I'll, you know, charge for Foley audio that we might purchase. So I'll have like a Foley audio budget and I'll have usually a budget set aside for Um, any sort of graphics if I think that we're going to need to build some advanced graphics. Like for example, I have a project coming up uh, that I'm shooting on Sunday and I already know going into the project that the client wants a really cool map graphic with um, a lot of zooming in and out of the map graphic that's got lines that draw themselves to show where a location is on a map. And so I know I'm going to hire my editor to do that for me um, as a special special project to build just that map graphic. So that's an expense. So there's all these expenses, right? So you add all those up, and then that's your total for the project. So it's my time plus expenses equals a project total. That's how I factor in a cost for a project. And so in this example, you've got, again, half a day of of script writing and storyboarding out the project. Then you got another half day, maybe location scouting. And then again, three days of shooting, three days of editing, and then the expenses, which include three days of sound dopping and a PA, and then all the other editing, mileage and travel and everything else we said. All of that goes into my quote as the project total. That is one of the ways I price my work. The other way is either by the day or by the hour. Um, if it's a small edit or something, like one of my clients, uh, I have all you know, I keep all everything I ever shoot, I keep duplicate copies of you know, forever. I mean, that's something I just always am gonna hang on to. That's a service that you pay for when you hire me. That's what that storage fee is for. And so if you call me up, you know three months after the shoot and you want to take some of the footage and have me make you something else out of it, you can do that. So I might have a client, for example, that calls me, this actually happens quite a bit with one of my clients, they'll call me and want to make little 15 second social media videos or 20 second social media videos that they can throw on LinkedIn or Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And so they'll pay me by the hour to go in and take content I've already shot and edit it into other things for them. So that's an hourly rate. And then when I charge by the day, it's usually um, like, for example, last week I shot for two days for my one of my home building clients. They already have an in-house video team and an in-house editor, but I cover the San Antonio to Austin-ish region for this home building client. And basically they'll send me out to communities and I will film um, like staged homes, non-staged homes aerial shots of the community, shots of the amenities, the pool, the workout fitness centers, dog trails, things like that. And I send the footage via Dropbox over to their internal editing team back in Houston. And then they cut me a check. So that is a by the day way to price my work. So those are the ways I price my work. It all has to do with my time. You're either paying me by the hour or by the day or by the project, but even by the project, the project cost is based on my time plus expenses. So that's how I charge my work. And again, I go over more examples and and in more depth on this in a previous podcast I did. Uh, For those of you who wanna listen to that podcast, it's kind of old, I need to redo it. But if you wanna go listen to that podcast, that is podcast episode number 11, How to Price Your Video Work. I have it pulled up in front of me. It looks like I recorded that on March 14th of 2019. So that was over four years ago. I definitely should probably do a new episode on that. But still, most of the things I talk about in that podcast are relevant today. So if you want more information on what I just described, go check out episode 11 and I'll try to come out with a newer, more refreshed version of that here in the coming weeks. Now that you have an idea of essentially how I price my work, I want to explain to you where the gear rental fees come in. And I do want to say really fast that there are other ways I price my work Outside of that, because sometimes you might get hired to do an entire rebrand, where maybe you're adding photography, or maybe you're doing live streaming. Um, you know, if I if I'm adding live stream to a project, my day rate typically doubles. If I'm adding photography to a project, I'm usually adding a certain price on top of my day rate. If I'm also going to shoot, you know, some photos while I'm there, and you know, there might be some projects where I'm going on retainer, and so I might structure it quite differently. So there's other ways that I go about pricing my work, but this is like 90% of the time, like this is how I'm pricing my work. It's, it's always my time plus expenses. And that leads me to the whole concept of gear rental fees. When I look at how people structure their pricing for projects, a lot of people do it similar to what I just described. But there's another method where you might charge a slightly lower day rate, but charge a gear rental fee for any equipment you use for the project. And if you go by that price structure, the idea is that you still recoup a higher rate at the end of the day, it's just how you get to that price is a little different. I charge my my time plus expenses. For this, you charge a lower rate for your time Then add your gear rental fees and then expenses. And the the idea behind it is if you are bringing a mirrorless camera to a shoot for one project, but for the next project, you're bringing a red V Raptor you own, then the cost per day between those two days should be different, right? Your rate stays the same, but you're charging an additional additional fee to bring the RED versus bringing the mirrorless camera. And in theory, I think it actually makes a lot of sense. Other uh, other ways or reasons to do it might be maybe you're using two cameras instead of just one, or maybe you're going to bring a drone on one shoot, but another shoot, you don't need your drone. So for the one where you do need your drone, you charge an extra fee for that. And the idea behind that is you're putting value on the equipment you own so that if you're using that equipment, you're getting paid for bringing extra equipment or for bringing higher end equipment versus lower end equipment. And through that, you're also making money directly off that gear that you can either use to pay that gear off or to invest into more equipment. It's like a dedicated budget. Like I'm going to pay myself X amount a day, but then every piece of gear we use, I'm going to charge a rental fee on and that's going to go into a separate budget for my business that I'm going to use to pay this equipment off or invest into more equipment. That's kind of the idea behind it. I think it works really well in certain markets. For example, if you live near Los Angeles and there's a lot of video production houses there that are hiring people for freelance DP work and they'll pay you either to come at your day rate to shoot for them using their gear at your, you know, lower day rate price or they'll hire you at your day rate p- price and then pay you a rental fee for using your own gear and so you make more money when they use you with your gear. And in that market, I think it it works well because if you're getting hired by other production houses, they're going to understand the monetary value and the physical value behind some of these pieces of equipment. You know, some pieces of equipment Uh, cost more and are worth more because they actually give you a better product. Whereas other pieces of equipment, like an easy rig, don't necessarily give you a better quality product, but it has a different sort of value to it. It saves your back on, on the workday, right? And takes a load off or stress off your arms and your shoulders and your back so that you have a more comfortable workday. That's not going to increase necessarily the quality of your end product, but it is going to increase the quality of your experience when working on a job. So there are different, you know, values behind the, or different reasons to value one piece of equipment over another. And so in that market where A production house is hiring you or other production houses a bunch let's just say that you have three or four or five production houses that are hiring you continuously to come dp on projects for example they will understand some of those values and they'll be like hey for this project we're going to hire you and we want you to bring your red and we'll pay your red rental fee because they understand that they're what they're getting out of that right or they might say hey for this project um go ahead, we're going to hire you and we'll pay you to bring your easy rig and stuff because we know that you'll want to have it for this project. We'll pay the rental fee because they're a production house. They understand video and they understand why you may or may not want to bring certain pieces of gear. And I think in that environment, it works well. But if you're in a different environment where you are doing a lot of client work for corporate companies, commercial companies, maybe you're getting hired to do like a brand film for a company or brand anthem, as some people call it. Maybe you're getting hired to do a music video. Maybe you're doing uh, an event, you're shooting and covering an event and making a video out of that. Like these are the kind of projects that most of us do on a daily basis. And in, in those kind of environments with those kind of customers, most of those customers are not like the production house that hires a DP in Los Angeles. And what I mean by that is, is they don't know anything about video production nine times out of 10. 99% of my clients know nothing about video or video gear. They know what they want and they'll hire me to help them get that end result. But as far as the equipment goes, they don't know anything about it because that's not their area of expertise. So that's why I feel like if you're in an environment like in Los Angeles where you are freelancing or DPing for multiple production houses where they understand the value of the gear and will either hire you you by yourself as an operator or will hire you to come in and bring certain pieces of, of, of gear and pay you a rental fee for that. I think it works great there, but it doesn't work great in my opinion, or in my experience, in the client work field when you're doing jobs for corporate companies, commercial work, doc projects, brand anthems, things like that, because those customers don't understand the value. I don't want to have my customers making decisions on the tools that I use. Again, if my customer was a large production house, that's one thing, but I don't need the CEO or the marketing director of a company telling me what camera to bring to a job or telling me what lights to bring or what mics to bring or whether or not I need to bring my gimbal. Those are decisions that I as a professional should be making because they don't know anything about equipment. Like, could you imagine, for example, because this is something that I see where people will have different gear packages. And let's just say, let's just ba- let's just base it off of cameras for simplicity's sake. Let's just say you have one gear package that has a Sony FX6 plus a Sony A7S 3 And that's gear package A. And let's say you you have a rental cost set aside for that. I don't. I'm just going to make numbers up here, guys. So this is not. This is in no way, shape, or form something to basis off of. I'm just trying to give numbers so that it makes sense. So please understand that. But let's just say your gear rental fee for using an FX6 plus an A7S3 is 750 dollars, and that's package A. And let's say package B is just. The FX6, and that's $500. And package C is just an A7S3, and that is $250. Okay, so you have three different price points, three different packages. And let's just say that's your gear rental fee that you want to add for an option for a client on a per project basis. Again, I see a lot of people do this, and that's like a rental fee per day. Well, if you present that to a customer and you say, I recommend. Like here's my day rate and here's the gear rental cost. And I recommend we go with, you know, kit A, for example. Well, they might come back to you and say, well, do you, you know, I'm looking at your other kits here. Do you think we really need two cameras? And you might say, well, it'd be nice. And they might say, well, is it necessary? Like, could we go with one of the other packages to still get a quality product? And of course your answer is going to be like, well, yeah, I mean, we can. So they might say, okay, well then let's go with either package B or C. And then they might say to you, out of the... Cat package B and C, the FX6 versus the A7S 3 is there a difference in image quality? Like, is one going to give me a better quality product than the other? Well, the answer is really no, because they have the same sensor. There's some slight variations between those two cameras, but for the most part, you're going to get pretty much the same image out of both of those cameras. So you'd have to tell your client, well, you know, honestly, you kind of going to get the same image out of either one. And so then your client's going to say to you, well then why would I ever go with package B when I could for half the cost go with package C and get the same image? Well, in your mind, you would probably rather them go with package B or even package A, of course, because you would rather work with the FX6 or the FX6 plus the A7S3. And the reason why you want that is one, of course you'll make more money, but two, the FX6 is probably an easier tool for you to use for the project, right? Ergonomically, it's a little easier, it's a little bit better mapped out for video, it's got built-in NDs so you can work faster, it's got, um multiple audio inputs you can run four channels of audio straight into the camera you've got time code on a bnc port that's dedicated on the side of the camera sdi plus hdmi there's all of these things that make that a better tool for video in a lot of ways so you might want them to pick a higher package so that you get to use your fx6 because it's more comfortable you're going to be able to work faster but your client may not care because they don't care if you're comfortable they don't care if a camera has SDI ports or not. They don't care if a camera has time code or not. All they care about is the final product. And if you're telling them that there's no image quality difference between package B or C, they're gonna go with C every single time. I mean, wouldn't you if you owned a business? So why give your client the ability to dictate the equipment that you are gonna use on a project? especially when your client doesn't know anything about video. Now, again, this is different. If you live in Los Angeles and you're DPing for other production houses where they obviously know what they're doing and they're gonna pick out a gear package either from their own equipment or from yours, that's totally different because they're gonna have knowledge of these things. But you presenting this as an option to a corporate company or a local business or even a large business, it's not gonna go over well because they're always gonna go the cheaper route unless you are trying to like really convince them like, I'm telling you package A is more worth it, but why even put yourself through that? It's really not worth it. You shouldn't be giving your client those kind of options in these kind of markets. And again, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying that this is the gospel. I'm telling you that this is why I do what I do and why I see it this way. Now you might could argue, well, what, well, maybe you don't give them the choice on cameras, but what about if they want to add a tool? Like they want to add a gimbal or they want to add a drone. I can see the argument for that, but for me it just gets too convoluted, right? I don't wanna to have to have different packages and different prices for every piece of equipment I bring. I just want to tell my client how much it's gonna cost for my time for me to come do the project and I will pick the tools that I think are needed for the project. I might have a client that might say, hey, do you have a drone? I would love it if you'd bring a drone to get some aerials. And of course I'll say, yeah, I have a drone, I have a license, drone license, I'll bring my drone. But I'm not even gonna charge them extra for that because I don't want it to be a convoluted mess. It doesn't cost me anything extra to bring my drone. I'm gonna I'm going to own the drone, whether I bring it to the project or not. So. I don't make it convoluted. I don't make it hard to come up with a price. I just keep it simple. You pay for my time plus expenses. It's that, that's it. That's all there is to it. My time plus expenses. Now, how I can arrive to covering the cost of my equipment is I just simply charge a higher flat rate fee. So you could say that I do in some ways charge for my gear through my day rate being higher. And that is a valid argument because in some ways I do charge more money my, lawn, my neighbor just fired up the lawnmower. I have no control over that, sorry. In some ways, you could definitely argue that I charge more money because of the equipment I own and therefore my day rate does in some ways cover a gear rental cost, I just don't call it that. And I think that's fair to say, but by having it just as a flat rate fee and I choose the tools that are needed for the job, it just keeps it simple for everybody. And then I just personally set aside some cash every year to invest in the business and to invest in other equipment to be able to pay for the equipment. And I make it back through the rates that I charge and I charge my flat rate, whether I'm bringing all of my gear or none of my gear, because, to me, again, you're paying for my time. So if I have a if I have a company that hires me and they actually own equipment, maybe it is a production house in like San Antonio or Austin and they want me to come out for shoot, but they have all their own gear, I'm still gonna charge them the same day rate I charge everybody else. Because for me, my gear is costing me money whether I'm bringing it to the shoot or whether it's sitting in my office. It doesn't matter if I have the gear on me and I'm using it or if it's sitting at home Either way, that gear is costing me money, so I'm gonna charge the same fee every single time I set out of my office to go shoot a project. And that's another reason why I don't charge a gear rental fee. Because if I was basing everything off of gear rental fees and people weren't using all the equipment I bought, I wouldn't be, I would be making a lower day rate, because you can't charge like High day rate and a high expensive gear rental fee, or you'll price yourself out of the market, or at least out of most markets. So, you're gonna have to cut in order to do it this way, you are gonna have to probably cut your day rate down a little bit. And so, if you're cutting your day rate down and people aren't hiring you to bring your gear, or at least all your gear, just some of your gear, then you have gear sitting at home that you're not paying for because you're making less money that day. And for me, as a business owner that doesn't make sense. My gear has to be paid for every time I walk out of my office. It has to always be covered. So whether I'm just showing up as me, myself and I, or whether I'm bringing all four of my cameras and my drone and gimbal and sliders and tripods or whatever, I'm charging the same rate because all of that equipment has to be paid for one way or the other. And rather than make things convoluted for my clients, I just simply charge a flat fee of my time plus expenses. And to me, that keeps things really simple. It allows me to calculate a price for a project really quickly. I can on the phone, when someone, for example, is talking to me about a project they wanna do, like if I get a, a, a cold call out of the clear blue sky from a new client who is wanting to do a project and on the spot they're describing me the project and want an estimate, I can give them an estimate on the spot, on the phone. Because as they're talking to me, I can ask them a few questions and I can calculate in my head and come up with a rough ballpark idea. I may not have it dead on, but I can get it really close. And a lot of times I can have it dead on. But what I can do is while I'm talking through with them, I can say, okay, sounds to me like I think I could do that in Two days, and so at that price, I don't tell them I'm going to charge them for two days of shooting or two days and two days of editing and all of these other things. I just simply say to them, "Okay, it sounds like it would take me two days to shoot that project, and I think I would need to bring um, a production assistant, and uh, that plus expenses is going to set you back X price." And I can give them a quote on the phone right then and there because my pricing structure is not complicated; it's really simple, and. I have found over the last 11, 12 years that I've been in business that customers love that. They love that I can give them a price immediately. And I've gotten a lot of jobs on a single phone call because I can quote the price right then and there on the phone. It also helps me to vet customers because if I give them a price, a ballpark price, and they're blown away and they're like, bro, I was thinking that was gonna cost like $500, then I can vet them right then and there and and immediately say, "I, I don't feel like I'm the right person for you um, but I'd love to find someone for you that is, and then maybe get off the phone and then send them a contact information of you know some college kid or something that I think you know might be a good fit and who's you know trying to get their foot in the door or something like that. But the idea is that I can vet people instantly or book jobs instantly by being able to give prices on the spot, and the only way I'm able to do that is by keeping my price structure really simple and by not complicating things by trying to charge for everything I own. I do charge a gear rental fee when I actually physically have to rent gear, and I feel like that's a separate thing. To me, that's an expense. Like, For example, when uh, I used to do TED Talks for Texas State University, I hired a six-man team of shooters plus a sound guy to do those TED Talks. Now, I had all the audio gear that we needed for the project, and I had most of the cameras, but some of the shooters I hired were Canon shooters, and I wanted to keep everything on Sony so that everything had a consistent look because we were running five cameras, um, at, at, for all the stage shots. And then we also had someone backstage shooting the events so we could do a marketing video for the next year's Ted talk. And so for me, I wanted all the cameras to have a consistency to them. They didn't have to all be the same model, but they had to all be similar in their generation of camera and similar with their color spaces that they offered so that I could get them all pretty close easily in post. And so for a project like that, where it's a big event and I'm bringing in a huge team, that's not like a huge team. It's like seven people, but still I'm bringing in like six or seven people and I need to to provide more cameras than we physically have in-house, then that is going to be a point where I do rent gear physically, and I charge my client for that gear rental fee, um, plus a little bit of like shipping and handling on my part, because there's a little bit of my time involved in renting it and shipping it back to wherever I rent it from. So I do charge a fee for something like that. Or if a client had a very specific thing that they wanted, that we just couldn't do with what we have, like, for example, if a client, you know, had a project, and they straight up told me we really wanna get some parallaxing shots driving on an ATV with a jib mounted to the ATV and a gimbal mounted to that. Well, I don't have that, right? In-house, it makes no sense for me to own that. So that's something that I would have to either rent the equipment for or hire a team that has that equipment and bring those guys out to get those shots. So there are some times where I charge a gear rental fee when bringing in outside equipment like that, but I just don't charge it for my own personal equipment. And all the reasons I described throughout this podcast are why. I just want to keep things simple. I don't want to make it complicated. And I don't want to have equipment sitting in my office that's not getting paid for. So I charge a flat rate. It's a little higher, but when you pay it, you know you're going to get the right tools for the job. I'm going to bring whatever tools I think we're going to need to be able to get the project done. And if that means bringing all four of my cameras and all my Sennheiser boom mics and everything else and all of my aperture lights and, and all that stuff, then so be it. I'll bring it all. I'll bring all my fabrics and scrims and everything. Like if I feel like I need all that, you get it at that price. Or if I feel like, you know, I just need a camera and a tripod, then, then that's what I'll bring. But I'm going to bring the right tools for the job. And you're just going to pay me for my time and for my experience. I'm picking the right tools and you're going to trust that I just show up and bring what's needed. And I love working like that. I think it's... Been really successful for me and has allowed me to, again, keep things really simple for my customers and always be able to make money that I can put toward my equipment, whether I'm bringing it with me or not. So, if you live in a different area and you're working with like other production houses and stuff, obviously, like I said earlier in this podcast, I think it might make sense. But if you're like 90% of people, who shoot video, who are listening to this podcast, who are doing corporate work and commercial work and shooting events and small docs and things like that, this is a great strategy and a great way to go about it. So if you've been considering pricing or putting a value on your equipment and renting your equipment by the project, hopefully this will give you some food for thought before you go and do it. I'm not trying to discourage you from doing it again, my word is not the gospel. I'm not telling you this is the only way. And there are plenty of people out there that do charge buy their piece of gear and do really, really well. I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to start. I'm pricing all my gear and putting a value on all my gear. But for those of you who do do it that way and it works for you, man, more power to you. I think that's great. It's just not a good fit for me. And this is why, and hopefully for those of you out there who've been on the fence who, we're kind of considering it, but weren't really sure what to do. Maybe this will give you some food for thought to think about um, before you make that decision. Thanks, guys, for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and rate it. Let me know how you like the podcast. Let me know things that that you you enjoy, things you'd like to see more of, so that I can do a better job for you. So please. Uh, Rate the podcast and subscribe to it. And again, if you're not yet a member of the Filming with Josh Facebook group, I would love to see you there. So please go to Facebook, type in Filming with Josh, and ask to join the group today. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today.